Come on, Jax. Hello and welcome to a special episode of Draw, Lose or Draw, where today we're going to look at what makes a Partick Thistle player and look at some players past and present we wish had played for the Jags. Joining me to do this are David Forrest. David, how are you? Hello, I'm good. This has been a pod we've talked to for a wee while I'm doing and I'm excited to do it. It's it's a great topic for, for myself. I do enjoy talking about it, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's something we've sort of touched on on normal episodes quite a lot but we've we've got a whole I'm gonna guess hour or so of, of chat about it tonight so I'll be a good one hopefully. Mark Wallace is here. Mark are you well? I'm um, indeed and I'm very much looking forward to this something right up uh, my boulevard as it, as it were. I think it definitely is and also making his draw lose or draw debut is not to be confused by another popular Twitter account it is Vinny Ferguson. Vinny how are you? Uh, I'm Absolutely delighted to be joining you. Uh, long-time listener, first-time contributor, so I'm really looking forward to this. Um, as, as the guys said, this is a, uh, a a great topic to discuss. It's, it's a real pub chat uh, topic, so looking forward to this, chatting some nonsense about Thistle. We are getting Thanks. dangerously close to our scoreboards territory here with <laughs> long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> I just want to ask the panel about the great tax case. <laughs> uh, Vinny, I'll stick with you. Uh, an easy question. So, what makes a thistle player? What is if you were to build a thistle player from scratch? What attributes would you give him? What characteristics would you give him? Well, there's probably um, the answer that we'd all want to hear, and then there's the realistic answer uh, to this. I, I think ideally you would want someone who's who's loyal. Um, someone who has um, some footballing ability, at least. Um, you're not necessarily wanting someone who's, who's who's been a journeyman. Like when you think about someone who is pure thistle, when you think about someone who's maybe had numerous spells for the club. They've gone away, they've come back. You know, like Chick Charney, Chris Erskine, uh, guys like that. Or or you have people who've spent a significant number of years at the club. So. Chris Doolan springs to mind immediately. So you're wanting someone who's, who's loyal, someone who's always drawn back to the place. Um, and like I said, if, if they're a decent footballer, then then that's fine. Um, we, we'll, we'll take that gladly. But if, if they love the club, they love the fans, they engage with the fans, that's that's kind of what we're after. Unfortunately, the, the reality of being a thistle man uh, means that we're, it's often a, a deadline day signing and often we don't see them ever play as well. Um, so yeah, like I said, there's, there's probably a, a, uh, the answer we all want to hear and the answer that's the, the most realistic. But for me, you've got to look at loyalty. You've got to look at someone who, who gets the club. We're, we're, we've not got great aspirations to play um, European football. We, we don't expect that every year. We, we want someone to turn up and, and try their hardest. It uh, sounds like something that I think most fans would be uh, very happy to welcome in your um, archetypal player there. David, this whole episode was sort of your idea. You've been pushing it for a few months now. 
what do you think would make a, a perfect jig? See, I, I have a more sort of spiritual view of what makes a Jagsman. And a Jagsman isn't necessarily good. To, like you, you can be a good player and a Jagsman, but I don't know. There's there's something tangible that you can't you can't put your finger on about someone being a Jagsman. I think you need like I, I, loyalty is a big thing. I think getting getting the club is really 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 key to it though. It definitely. I mean, you look at the when McCall came in about the squad that he inherited when he came in. Um, about how a lot of the players just didn't get the club, and like Brian Graham has said in interviews and stuff like that about when he's when he came in, he's like, oh fuck, what have I signed up for here? Nobody nobody could be arsed and all that, and like you could really tell like the the mood around the club is that at the time it was terrible, and a lot of the players just didn't really care, and you saw that at the end of the relegation season as well. A lot of players chucked it or just kind of went up for the fight and stuff like that, and but the players that do get it are absolutely. People again who who get the club and and get the area. I mean, in in terms of a club, we have an an amazing area to to be from. We're not out in the sticks. We're not you know out in some coastal fishing village. We're in the, in the heart of Glasgow. If you if you are a footballer and you come to Glasgow and don't you know can't live there, where are you really going going to live? Like you know, Glasgow is such a cosmopolitan city, and there's so much to do in the West End as well. And, it's, it's it's a great place where like it, you don't have the expectation that you do at Rangers or Celtic. If you go to Rangers or Celtic, there's always people harping on at you. And I, I don't want to get into sort of those guys, those Celtic fans last year who were saying that they should play like, all the all the players' videos of the Lisbon Lions, showing how much the ten means and stuff like that. And you don't you don't like kind of go down that route of just being a, a being a bit of a moonhiller, but. It should be very evident to you what the club is about. Like the people who are around it, you always, generally speaking, when you speak to players who who play for Fissile, they always talk about the warmth of the club and the, ha- the happiness of the club. And you know, it, just the people at the club, they're all very friendly. It's a close knit community. Even when we had Caldwell, and he talked so much about how everybody he, he got on with, what, you know, people behind the scenes and stuff like that, and he was shouting out random people all over the shop that. He'd, he uh, came quite close to, and I think he would be regarded as one of the more unpopular managers. And the fact that even he was like, "Yeah, everyone was so lovely," and he, he probably fell in love in his own weird way that nobody can really understand. So yeah, there is that as well as that. I think there is just some things that, are, that make you duty bound to be a physical player. Like anyone who's played for Morton and Ayr can be a Jags man. Like I just think if you played for Morton and Ayr, you will eventually sign for us, regardless of whether you want to or not. Um, Young uh, Rangers players, anyone, any Rangers player under 21 or any Celtic player over 34, um, they are, they're true Jags men because they, they, we'll, we'll pick them up no bother. There's so many wee things that just kind of, you can't put your finger on it, but there, there is sort of, you, you have an aura. Like you can see it off, off, a, off a Jags man. You, they have an aura. See, I think you're right, but there's, there's some people who, who just aren't. Like you said, like any Celtic player that's played over 34 and young Rangers kids but you can tell the ones that want to be there and the ones that mm. don't so like Kenny Miller not a Jags man but Scott McDonald a Jags man well th- th- this, this is kind of it where it's like you know is it being good necessarily being a Jags man or can you be shite and be a proper Jags man because <laughs> you know there's, pro- there's there's players that aren't they weren't very good with us that still they kind of just fit <laughs> fit the club whether we want them there or not I don't know it just it just feels like we shouldn't really look in in terms of proper Jags men exclusively in terms of them having been a good player because I think 
there, there is sort of it's, it's sort of the, the the trends and what we sign and stuff like that. Like you can see a player without ever playing or seeing how they play, and you can go either they'll probably get signed by Fissel at some point. I think that's the way I look at it. Mark, I'll come to you with the the first the first criteria of player we're going to talk about tonight. It's going to be players who are now retired that you wish played for Thistle that could have either been linked with the club or you think would have been a really good fit. It can be as realistic or as pie in the sky as you like. My choice for uh, this category is a guy who actually very nearly signed. I remember it was the captain of Cameroon at the World Cup in 1990. Played uh, the World Cup in 94 as well as a couple of AFCONs as well. Stephen Tato was a full-back in that cap. I'd, well, I was months old at that World Cup, but you look back at that Cameroon team and the the real sort of no qualms about getting stuck right in attitude that they had with the, uh, Benjamin Massing, the tackle on Claudio Carigia, beating Argentina, who'd won the World Cup. That like, I feel like that really sort of encapsulates us, just sort of like taking an opportunity to shine on the big stage. And I think he would have been the ideal sort of guy for that. Uh, I think we were linked with another Cameroon player from that era as well, but we couldn't get a work permit, I believe. I think uh, Stu the Jag is the one that's got the, the sort of exact article on it, but we did try to sign him and another. Imagine if we'd signed like two guys in the Cameroon World Cup squad in like 1991-92, when there wasn't really... like you. Like, Rangers had started buying foreign players by that point, but and you know a couple other players, but like that would have been that would have been mental, like that would have been proper groundbreaking, like if we had been able to pull that off, like it's, it's just mad. I was going to ask you, Mark, do you think it'd have been one of them one season at the club, like nineteen appearances, four goals, couple of red cards, maybe a couple of front and back page headlines, or would it have been a a testimonial at the end of a glittering I career. think, I actually think he would have stuck around for a wee bit. I think he, he, that Cameroon team were all about, they were very, very uh, harshly done by against England in the quarterfinals, if you remember, of that World Cup. Uh, and I think that sort, that would be that would be a real rallying point for, for the club and for the fans getting behind them because, as we all know, we, we don't like seeing England... Uh, progressing through uh, nefarious means. So I think, yeah, I think he would have stuck around and maybe would have, uh, at the end of his career, maybe have came back around. He certainly would have been very fondly eulogised if he'd played for the club, I think. I think he would be one of those that we would really look back fondly on. Mark, this isn't a question I would normally ask many people, but I, I know you'll be you'll be up to, up to answer on this one. If you could pick one player from the current Senegalese squad to play for Thistle, who would it be? Oh, it would be... Like, there are obvious answers to that, but we're, we're really looking for who's the who's the jaggiest, as it were. I think Kaladu Koulibaly. It's just an absolute man mountain at the back. I think he would suit us down to the ground. Like, could just imagine him just ragdolling. Like, if we like if we had him at the back, we wouldn't have anywhere near as much problems as we had with that big noobly at our broth this season when he was just absolutely running riot. I think Big Caladou would uh put him with a satin down rather than him sitting rather than Rubley sitting our players down. Well, if he ever gets bored of Naples, then um, hope he pops over to Mary Hill. That would be That's be a, a come one. down and a half that. <laughs> <laughs> Go to Canal. Then we, wor- 
<laughs> exactly. I'm joking, Ellis. <laughs> uh, Vinny, what about you? What ex player would you love to have seen wear the red and yellow? So from uh, let, let me let me paint a wee picture here first of all, and um, as as the description goes on, I'll I'll get further and further away from Zinedine Zidane. So I'm looking for someone who is hardworking, someone who's got a wee bit of pace. One of these midfielders who just they receive the ball, they just always seem to have time on it, and they they, they can pick the right pass. Um, decent at set pieces and, and scored a few goals from midfield throughout their career. I saw someone who would be an ideal partner for Danny Lennon. So I'm going to go right the way back to, um, well, initially, uh, the Scottish Second Division in the year 2000. This fella played for Forfar. And actually, we, we played against this guy in consecutive seasons for different clubs. So he was with Forfar Athletic in the 2000-2001 the, the uh, league winning season. And then he, he, he made the, the move all the way from Forfar to Arbroath. Um, for the our, our first division winning season, and we played against him there as well. Um, the name on everyone's lips, I'm quite sure, is Andy Cargill. Um, this this guy just always seemed to turn up um, uh, playing against us. Um, I, I don't think he ever scored against us, but I'm, I'm fairly certain that he, he he got a couple of assists. And actually, over that period, um, and certainly in the, that first division winning season, uh, we had some cracking games against our growth. Um, it was a two each at Fur Hill, and uh, I think it was a 4-1 at Fur Hill as well. And in that 4-1 game, you will not see five, five better goals um, in any league in, in the world. It was a, a truly extraordinary game. But even even in that, even in that heavy defeat for our growth, Andy Cargill uh, really stood out. Um, so, although maybe not as glamorous, no World Cup appearances, as, as far as I'm aware, um, and um, maybe not as, as flashy as some suggestions, but um, I, I know a few people who um, will have burst out laughing when uh, I've said that name, because since the year 2000, I've been going on and on about this guy and how we should have signed him. So I would have loved to have seen Andy Cargill uh, come into our midfield at some point. That's a good one. That's a good one. I'll ask the same question I asked to Mark. Is he a passing through player or is he carving out a legacy? Is he getting a statue? Is the Bing getting named after him after he's done? As as I alluded to, he, he wasn't very well-travelled. Um, he, he spent a lot of time up in the Angus region uh, through his career. Um, so I think once Andy Cargo had found a nice wee house somewhere, maybe in a, a leafy suburb of, of Glasgow, I'm not sure the big city was for him, but um, I'm, I'm sure he would have found a, a nice wee home in, in Bishop Briggs or, or Bears Den, um, and uh, I think I think he would have set up home quite comfortably there, and I think he would have been around for a long, long time. Probably part of the coaching staff. In fact, not he'd, he'd be a, a youth coach. I've I've got this guy's whole career uh, painted out for him. He, he'd be a youth coach. He'd be in the, the Weir Academy set up by now, I think, just uh, encouraging all these young midfielders to uh, just. Think about how much time they have with the ball. Check shoulder, shoulder. He'd be a great coach. So he'd he'd still be here. I take it you've never you've never asked him um, on Football Manager if he'd like to join you as a youth coach. Of course I have. Of course you have. <laughs> <laughs> David, what about you? Who's your 
ex-player who you wish was a jag? There's only one name to me on this one. We we have to play up to the stereotype. We've done a whole episode on this. As I said, I once played a vegan. I once played a, the ghost of cows in a vegan play. So I I, I have to go the Bohemian route here. Patrick Nevin, Pat Nevin himself would be. Not not only do I think he would be really quite good for this. I think I could see him after because I think after Tranmere he went to Kilmarnock and then Motherwell. And I, I can pinpoint it to we'd leave Tranmere, come to us instead of going to Kilmarnock. And yeah, um, him and Jerry Britton would just form a book club because um, they both like, because Jerry Britton used to talk about how people used to throw books, or, like he'd do his law books and they'd throw, they'd throw them at the bus and stuff like that and the way he games and all that. And I think Pat Nevin would be the sort of soul that would that get on with him and they they would they would have a good they'd have a good relationship and I I think they'd still be able to do, do the business for us um, at the time that I'm thinking of but yeah Pat Nevin he loves his records um, he DJs down in like hip London uh, nightclubs if you've ever listened to he done the whole spate of podcast last year where, for his autobiography about how he was a very smart Glasgow kid. He once famously like uh, Chelsea. He once got a pay rise because the man, the chairman stormed out and he went through his desk and found all the wages and calculated the mean mode and average of every um, every player's wage and then went back to him and told him that's what he wanted. He used to wear a big golf trench coat. Um, and yeah, I think he'd be a great player and he, he is a, a a very very fissile player. Just just in order, yeah. Do you know why I think he's a very thistly player? Have you seen his famous penalty miss when he plays for Chelsea? <laughs> oh, he'd fit right in, man. He'd be straight on the pens. He's Stuart Bannigan sticking up for him. And <laughs> he's missed his consecutive penalty. <laughs> so, David, is Nevin going to be a 10 appearances, 9 goals sort of guy? Or is he another, you know, 400 appearances Hall of Famer? I don't know. Well, I don't think it's going to be 400 appearances um, because I think just because of the time that he came, they would have came to us, I don't think he's going to be racking out 10 years or whatever with us. But I think him and Britain at the time would have linked up and done really well and formed a partnership. He'd stay here for two or three years, then go to Motherwell and kind of go on his current trajectory. But he'd absolutely, anytime we were on like BT Sport or BBC for a game, He'd be in the commentary box. He'd do the 50-50 every couple of months. He'd, you know, Brian Welsh should have done an interview with him in lockdown. Aye, a good, a good guy, like a guy we'd remember fondly. But he's not making like 300 appearances. He's just at the tail end of his, of his career. But an, an all-round good guy, and definitely would turn up for the club dinners and stuff like that as well. There's definitely a parallel you never sit with there where Pat Nevin did play for Thistle. I'm I'm sure of it. David, I know we do really badly with uh, one-word answers on this podcast, but I've come up with a game on for you, and I must insist on one-word answers, right? Right. It's called Who's the Jaggiest? Who's the Jaggiest? Right. Gab Piccolo or Dan Jeffries? Gab Piccolo. Chris Erskine or Chick Charnley? Oh, fuck off. Um... Chris Erskine. Thorsten Stuckman or Kenny Arthur? Uh, Arthur. Pat Nevin or the Chewing the Fat Sketch guys? (laughs) (laughs) Nevin. Thanks for playing. Thanks for playing. uh, My my ex-player, Vinny, you were saying at the start that when you look for Thistle players, you want people to be loyal and you want them to have footballing ability. 
Well, my guy has got that. It is, of course, if uh, you follow me on Twitter, it's UC Askelainen. This man, 15 years at Bolton, over 500 appearances, an absolute stalwart in goals, a class goalkeeper. As the kids say now, the streets will not forget. Here's something that I think fans would love, right? Seven fouls in his Premier League career. Just seven fouls. 24 yellow cards and four red cards. What's not to like about that, right? And some of the antics he got up to, right? He was an incredible goalkeeper, but he'd also, like, fling random ones in. So, like, that's why he never quite got the, the top move. He had that erratic moment. He never caught anything. He'd make the most incredible saves, but he never caught a thing. So he would enrage the Daz. People would, and on the Facebook groups, obviously, would always want him to be dropped, but he'd be class. He'd see his whole career at Thistle. A unique playing style. What a guy. How good would that be? You see Askelainen in goals for 15 years for the Jags. Who's complaining? Yeah. You have to, you have, like, to be a Thistle goalkeeper, you have to pull out incredible cat-like acrobatic saves, but also throw stupid goals in. Like, you cannot have one or the other. It has to be both. Cherney was really good at that. When, uh, you know, you pull out a save that you would never believe and then go to Rugby Park and concede two, and then that would be you. Actually, I, 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 bought, um, I bought FIFA 15 a couple of weeks ago. And you see like Yaskalainen is still in the game and at our Fissile. I am very tempted to start a be a pro, you see Yaskalainen career at Fissile. Just just for you, just to see Please just to it. kind of wish for filming. I th- I think whenever you sign a player, you always want him to be memorable. And every foreign goalkeeper we've had has been memorable. Like nobody has forgotten any of the foreign goalkeepers we've had. It would mm-hmm. be fantastic. And uh, obviously the dream's gone now, but his son will is a uh, playing down south, so hopefully we can bring him up for a spell in the future. Mark, I'll come back to you. The next category we're going to go for is players, virtual players that you have managed on Football Manager, FIFA, whatever game you play. What player from one of your saves would you bring to life and why to play for Thistle? You see players who do not exist. This guy does exist. And uh, he's playing for Doncaster Rovers at the minute, but I picked him up on a free transfer and one of my recent football manager blogs, which you can read, get links available if you want to read them. But and this guy, uh, this guy, uh, is, his name is Rio Griffiths. He uh, began his career at Spurs before getting a move uh, across uh, the English Channel to Leon for a bit. He was meant to be something of a hot prospect, but I was able to get him. And, and, and to be fair, in football manager, he still is quite decent. But I got him on a free. And um, as a, the idea being, like, Brian Graham had retired. So it was him and Zach Rudden were going to be my main strikers. And this guy just, like, blew away any expectations. It was just linked to fit, like, a glove into the team. And it culminated with uh, two goals and a 3-0 Scottish Cup final win over Rangers. Uh, so for me, um, it's going to be Rio Griffiths. I still go back and watch the highlights of that. Is that sad? Absolutely not. No. no. Absolutely not. You're with, you're with friends here, Mark. <laughs> Vinny, what about you? Um, yeah, so I, again, I had a wee chuckle when in the, the running order for the show, I, I saw this section came about, uh, was, was, was about uh, football manager and, and FIFA. Um, 
whereas I'm um, a, a wee bit older than, than some of you. Um, so I'm going to go back to Champ 0102. Um, probably, I, I would say, the, the peak of football manager games. Um, and uh, there was a guy, and I have checked, this guy didn't exist, but every time I opened the game, he, he was available. He was in the Air United Reserves, uh, and his name was Robert Watson. Uh, the reason I've checked was um, I kind of know Mick Dunlop, of, who talked about journeyman er, earlier on. Uh, Mick Dunlop was at Air United around about the same time as Bob McCulloch. Um, and I was chatting to Mick and getting all these Bob McCulloch stories and things. And I thought, this is my chance to ask if Robert Watson was a real person. <laughs> it turns out he wasn't. Um, but Robert Watson was a striker. He was, wasn't even playing for the Air United Reserves. Um, however, through some sort of weird glitch in the game, um, his, his area ability was 20, his um, finishing was 20, his pace was 20, and his acceleration was 20. Everything else was uh, were, were significantly lower numbers, but he had these attributes. Um, so I remember one day just picking him up and it didn't seem to matter which club I, uh, I I was managing, whether it was a, a thistle save I was going for, or or um, it was Bayern Munich, or, or whoever it was. Um, Robert Watson would make it into my squad, and within the season he would be a Scotland cap and be banging him in for Scotland as well, or you know, out with my control. Um, so it has to be Robert Watson for me. It does sound that does sound very good. That is that is one of the things I think football managers lost from the Chapman games. They don't seem to have met as many iconic players at the very start of their games as Chapman used to have, and I think that's that's sad, really, because you don't have the stories like that. I, I think I think that addition in particular, because you had the likes of Cherno Samba and uh, Lee Chun Su, um, Two Madeira as well. To Madeira as well, and you could get Marco Negri on a free. Uh, Teribo West was available as soon as you, um, you, you opened the game, although you had to get in quickly. Um, so just on the free transfers, and if you had a million quid, you could get Mark Kerr um, as well, and you know the European Cup yours essentially if you get Mark Kerr on your on your on your, on your squad. Um, however, this this guy Robert Watson was just. Uh, um, it's just fantastic and you know straight into the squad and like I say within a season in the Scotland squad as well uh, but sadly didn't exist in real life yeah, exist to you if any that's the most on the thing. sort of subject of uh, Champman 0102 uh, legends there's got to be a conversation for Mike Duff uh, the right back Northern Irish right back he's the current manager of Cheltenham Town but my God, what what a sight! You could get him for like ten grand. You could get him at Thistle for like ten grand, and like he would, he was just away. Also worth mentioning that, um, and uh, I I procured a uh, one of the I think ninety seven ninety eight season of Champman not too long ago, and Archie is a wonder kid in it. My. My uh, friend on a Fissile save a wee while ago and he took Fissile to the UEFA Cup quarterfinals and uh, we got knocked out because Archie elbowed uh, Canizares in the face. That doesn't sound like him. No, um, and he got sent off and we, get beat, we, we would beat them at Far Hill and then lost <laughs> at the Bernabeu. But um, yeah, like, I, um, I, I started a Chapman 0102 save because, I mean, it is free. You can download it free and legally. 
Um, I, I started one literally about three weeks ago, so I'm absolutely going to sign Robert Watson. Now, I actually had the inverse of what you said, when I had a regen who actually turned out to be real, where I was playing LMA manager and I had a guy who had like this insane name, and um, I, he was a really he was quite a good regen, but I, I, I never never heard of him outside of LMA manager, and then one day I went to a game of East Stirling and he was there, and I had a total oh, moment. Oh, you're thinking like, of Michael oh Bolokoveki? Yeah, Michael Bolokoveki, that's the one, yeah. Big, big shithouse here, centre half. I mean, yeah. I mean, him. Yeah, so, um, but no, you'll never, you'll never experience a moment like finding a guy at a computer game who you thought wasn't real, who is, who's living flesh in front of you. It's just, it's, it's a kaleidoscope of shifting emotions to use a FIFA term. <laughs> uh, no, mine, mine is actually from a, a current save I'm doing on Football Manager, right? and again, he's got all the attributes to, to play for this, right? So. He, I signed him for Newcastle from Napoli in 2034, right? He's called Miguel, and he's a ball-winning midfielder, right? So in my 10 and a half years at Newcastle, he's had over 400 appearances and won the Premier League, the Championship, uh, the European Super Cup, FA Cups, Europa Leagues, Carabao Cups. I, before we came on air, I logged on to my, my save and worked out some averages. So he averages 15 yellow cards per season and also... <laughs> 2.5 red cards per season. He's got 20 aggression, right? So you see when you're playing football manager and you get that, um, oh, such and such is feeling down at the minute. Do you want to speak to him or do you want to ask him to speak to him? You always ask him to speak to him and he's fine. So this would have been good, right? Because see if he was real. See if we had him in January. Ian McAuliffe went, do I go and speak to Zach Rudden? Zach Rudden would still be here. Zach Rudden would not have even thought about going to Dundee if Big Miguel had said, look, mate, Get your head in gear. It would have been great. So, aye. Miguel, also uh, a big threat for my set piece, which Thistle fans love as well. But, uh, aye, a hooligan. Can you imagine, imagine like, a, a three-man group of, like, Miguel, Archie and Stuart Bannigan coming to, like, have a word with you? <laughs> the thing is, as well, right, I used to do that. I mind I'd done a save with Celtic in football managing. You could just do that with Scott Brown. Like if a player, like, like Scott Brown, you'd just be like, do you want Scott Brown to speak to him? You would do that. And like the, 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 any uh, suggestion of possible transfer requests would disappear uh, very, very quickly. <laughs> Always good to have an address, man. David, what about you? Um, so I... Um, so I, I started playing a game. People who, who follow me on Twitter at Viano14 um, may know that uh, a wee ago I started playing a game called Retro Football Management. It's essentially Champ Man 0102 and steroids, where basically if you turn adverts on, you get hundreds of money and nobody will ever say no to you. So as long as you've got the money to sign them, you can buy them. So you just end up with a squad of like aging 37-year-old legends. Like I think I've got like Antonio Conte and Marcel Desailly at centre-half with Archie. Um and, and 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 stuff like that. But I've got two players from that save that they absolutely um absolutely love. One real, one fake. One Patrick Cliver, who I signed at like thirty five. Patrick Cliver, as I know, he hates the Celtic. Absolutely hates the Celtic. I think he's played seven games against Celtic over the three years, years and every single time he scored. I think we beat Celtic more than they've beat us in the three years and it's always just Patrick Cliver <laughs> every single time you're like it doesn't matter what time what time of the game it is you'll always think well Cliver will get a goal and we actually do it so Patrick Cliver and as well as that, I got a youth player called Freddie de Cunha who's apparently Scottish because but um yeah uh, Freddie de Cunha he was 16 
and I brought him in and he scores every game that I play him pretty much one goal. He'll get one goal, but he will score in every game that you play him from literally on his debut, scored at 16 and just kept scoring. And no matter how shit the rest of the team are, Freddie de Kuna will get you one goal every single game, irrespective of team or, or anything. Um, he, I love him, and yeah, I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably going to get sacked because they want me to try and get into the Champions League this season, and I don't think it's happening because it turns out when you sign 38 year old legends like, you know, like Marcel Desailly and Antonio Conte and all that, that and this is 2006, seven now. Um, it turns out that they're all really fucked and can only play half an hour and then and then they're, they're knackered and you need to bring on younger players. But yeah, Freddie de Kuhn, I'm thinking of getting a title for him. I'm not going to lie. He's he, he's a good guy. I'm going to just bring it back to Patrick Cliver and I don't know if it was because he was at Newcastle at a similar time to Graham Souness, but if, you ever, if, we were, if we were talking about SPL or SPFL players who failed but didn't play in the SPFL. Patrick Clivert would be like the number one candidate for me who had like nine appearances for like Celtic in 2006, but only scored like once against Clyde in the Cup or something. He's got that vibe to him. I know, but he only ever scores against Celtic as well. He doesn't score against anybody else. I, I literally just put him out every game against Celtic and, and we score and win. And then we play him against like fucking 11th place called Manock and he struggles and has to come off after 45 minutes. We'll move on to our last category, and it is current players that we would love to see have a stint at the Jags. So again, this can be as as realistic or as far-fetched as you like. And Vinny, I'll start this one off with you. Thinking back to a, a few years ago, we uh, went through a spell. Like, but before Chris Erskine shone through and, and, and you know, a, a player with a, a wee bit of flair, um, we had a, a couple of diet Chris Erskins if you like. Uh, we had Mark Corcoran uh, for a wee bit. We had uh, Stevie Murray as well who, um, you know, these guys were alright. They weren't the worst players in the world. Stevie Murray probably best known for his half-time hijinks where he would do his keepy-ups and then trap the ball just between his knee and his, his stomach and then do a roly-poly. Um, so you, you want an entertainer, you want a tricky winger Um and you guys might have looked a wee bit further afield, but I've I've gone for someone who you know, realistically could sign for Thistle. A guy that's always impressed me, um, although maybe not with his loyalty, given that he, sw- he swapped between two rival clubs, is uh, Paul McMullen, um, who's uh, currently at, at, at Dundee. Um, it, it says, um, I, th- I can't remember what website it is, soccer base or something, that he is 181 centimetres I don't know who he's bribing at that website, but this guy's um, a wee short arse. He's <laughs> nowhere near that height, um, but he's this sort of diminutive winger. He's tricky. He's got a wee bit of pace. He's got this really weird build, you know, similar to like uh, Ryan Fraser. Um, he's, he's, he's short. He's got this wide base, really hard to shove off the ball. He's got a wee trick, good speed. Um, and by all accounts, he's, he's got... Uh, decent delivery. Um, when he signed for Dundee, uh, the, the year that they went up from uh, the, the championship, uh, his assists were just incredible, really, really high numbers. Um, so I think, you know, if you've maybe got someone like Scott Tiffany on one side of the park, you could have someone like Paul McMullen on the other so that you've got uh, threats on either side. Um, so 
yeah, that wee guy um, would would uh, really interest me as a thistle signer. I'd love to see him at the Jags. I'm interested that David, uh, sorry, Mark, earlier when I asked him about Senegalese players, uh, opted for Koulibaly over Manny and hence turning down a Manny Tiffany Graham front three, but a, a McMullen Tiffany Graham front three will, will have to do. And I've always quite liked Paul McMullen as well, and he's got that sort of thing about him where I, I don't know if it's just because he's he's good and he's as you say he's got quite an unusual build. He always seems to attract a wee bit more attention from from opposition fans and other players. But I think he'd be one of those players once he signed for you. Like yes, he's the guy we always used to shout at, but now he's ours. Type yeah, of thing exactly. that I, I like the McMullen shout. Yeah, exactly. The, what a, a good um, example of that was um, you know round about the, the turn of the century. I remember starting going to Scotland games on my own and things like that. And Barry Ferguson played for Scotland. And I remember someone, I think it was my cousin that I went to the games with. And, you know, he absolutely hated this guy when he played for Rangers. But when he played for Scotland, you loved it. You loved um, just this composure in the ball. You loved his bullishness and things like that. When, when he plays for your team, you love it. So, yeah, I, th- I think Paul McMullen, he's, he seems like a wee bit of a hard man and, and stuff like that. And, you know, he can... He can uh, carry himself well up against opposition defenders as well. Yeah, no, that's a good shout. Mark, what about you? What have you got for this one? I had a wee think about this, and I, I went for a guy who we probably we, I wouldn't be surprised if we did sign in the future. He was very good at Clyde for a while before he made the move recently to Rathos, and he's very recently uh, been uh, ruled out with a, a serious uh, knee injury. And uh, it's Tom Lang. Jesus. Sweating uh, there. I, um, I, I realised after I said it, I was like, oh shit. Um, Tom Lang. He impressed me when he was at Clyde and he, I'm led to believe that uh, his absence from the side has been one of the contributing factors to race recent poor form because they're not, they've not been able to get a consistent sort of back line at all. Uh, of late uh, with injuries and other issues. But this guy, I think, absolutely epitomises Thistle. He's a solid player. We do, we could do be another body at the back, and he is extremely handsome. Uh, if you have the time to uh, look up uh, Mr Lang's um, image on, a, on the old Google machine, you will see this is a very handsome man who would absolutely suit our sort of RT sort of side we want we either want to play up to or we don't. I think he would be right um, right in amongst it. I think Gabby Piccolo, but like Scottish in terms of just an absolute hunk of a man. Absolutely. David, what have you got for this one? See, I, I think that one thing that we're missing, and I know that we are playing our bro from probably the biggest game of our season tomorrow where I'm gonna say this. One thing we've missed quite recently is the chaos factor of people just having an absolute nightmare. Usually when we lose, we lose because we're just quite shy at, at the moment. Or we draw 1-0-0 and we're just all a bit disappointed about oh. I, I, I do miss the days of just having a bit of a liability um, kicking about. Um, it was always good fun. So I present to you one Effie Ambrose, the most Jags man to never play for the Jags. I could reel off a, a, a numerous incidents. Uh, you know, he's got 50-odd caps for Nigeria, a, an African Cup of Nations winner, 
But as well as that, he was the guy that conceded the goal for Hibernian in the Faroe Islands um, in the fog to put them 1-0 down when they looked like they were going out. There's a one against Aberdeen where he slips and the Aberdeen guy, uh, Gary McKay-Steven, just goes and scores. Um, numerous Celtic ones, Fenerbahce, Juventus. He loves just absolutely shit in the bed. Just every so often, just to throw in a bit of that chaos factor that I feel that we have a, a reasonably competent team who are not prone to these sort of things. You know, Sneddon had it in Stone had it at the start of the season and they kinda ironed that out of their game. I, I need I need a bit of a I, I need the, the hairs in the back of my neck to be standing up again. He also seems like quite a mental person in, in just in life. I remember uh, we got our heating um, done and the guy who was doing you know, fixing our boiler and stuff like that told me he, he lived next door to Effie Ambrose. And was telling us just about how he's just he's just a, a bit of a maverick. He's just you just can't you can't pin him down. He's just all over the shop and just you know out playing football with the Waynes when he's like you know meant to be resting and stuff like that. And he's out having kickabouts down the park playing um and to get all that. Saying an always Celtic tracky on. No exactly like I mean I mean Liam McCall literally does that with with his fissile tracky and hat on. He literally tries to get into pubs and nightclubs and goes and dates in his fissile tracky. So I think he game would see game on this one. And I think Effie Ambrose at Party Fissile, if anything, we might be quite shite, but we there would never be a dull day. Only in the last week we've had no transfer news. We've had a nil-nil draw and postponed games. Group chat is dead. Effie Ambrose is going to step in. That group chat would never be dead. I'd be going. I'd be pinging all day long with Effie Ambrose at the club. So yeah, get get him on a five-year contract immediately. No, I'm so in on that. And I think going back to the very start of our conversation about what makes a thistle player is like one entertaining, and then two, I think people can't decide if they're good or not. Like I. There's so many players that we've had down the years and there's been like a really fine line of fans thinking they're brilliant and entertaining or fans just thinking they're a waste of a wage. And I think F.A. Ambrose would, would fall perfectly into that category. Uh, yeah, sign him up. Uh, I've sort of swithered about how realistic to, to go with this, but uh, I'm, I'm not going realistic at all. Although give it five years looking at his current career uh, trajectory. I've gone Mario Balotelli. I think he would be absolutely box office, you know, like, He's, I was looking at his Wikipedia again before we came on air, and he's got actually a brilliant scoring record for somebody who he considers maybe like wasted their career. He's averaging nearly one and two goals throughout his whole career. He's also named one of his children Lion. So I reckon a couple of years at Thistle, he's that sort of guy you could probably persuade name his next child Kingsley. Kingsley Balotelli is an <laughs> exactly. incredible, and we'd absolutely sign him in like 20 years. Kingsley Balotelli <laughs> scores against like, I don't know, fucking Queen's Park in the Challenge <laughs> Cup. That'd be his only goal for us. <laughs> no, I, th- I think it's like similar to Ambrose. He's that sort of guy where fans would would just go, oh, is he worth it? Is he worth all the, all the aggro for the odd moment of magic? But you would get some exquisite, memorable moments of magic some on the park, some off the park, and then some completely anonymous performances. And what better club to do that than at Partick Thistle? Remember that time he set his house in fire and then let's go to Hattrick in a Manchester derby? That is that is so Thistle. Like, that... he, he set his house on fire and um, he was also throwing darts out, out the windows. I think he'd be like, the idea of him and Mary Howell would be a bit much. 
That'd be a bit much. Balotelli. Would you have to rename Jack and Ellie's Balotelli's? Well, that was my they next fucking point. Would. Right? You would have you would have a great chant because you could sing Balotelli and Jack and Ellie's to this <laughs> uh, tune of Ferry across the Mersey. <laughs> well, I'm I'm sold on this idea. I think it's sensational. I mean, I mean, it'd be such a laugh, like Balotelli and Ambrose together in the one team. That I mean, the world would implode. Really, like, like, unleashing a large hadron collider. That's ridiculous. Uh, just just while you guys were talking, although I was aware of uh, of Tom Lang and in, in, in his career, I hadn't actually looked at him before. But uh, <laughs> wow. That that cheekbone structure and that jawline. I um he had was... a I believe he was working for um like uh was like one of the one of the luxury watch companies in that in that uh, Italian centre in the town where uh, the committee rooms are in there yeah. apparently he was working for I think it was like Versace or something he was working for he was in he was put it this way he had to have been headhunted for that looking at him. Oh, oh good grief look at him. You can see an evolution there as well. Like in, in his early Clyde days, his 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 hair's not great. He's gone for that sort of Jason Cummins look, um, and he's not quite found his style. But since moving to Wraith Rovers, I can see that he's even. Have you seen the one? He's got a moustache. My goodness me, that's that's Tom Hardy Old levels day. of handsomeness. Old I'm rarely yeah. ever wrong. Yeah, He's got the vibe I, of that guy in Peep Show that Mark says shat in the pool because he feels threatened by him. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm quite taken aback, Mark, but what an excellent find. Who cares if he's any good? Like, <laughs> actually cares. We never actually, we never look at his feet. We'd be standing at the rest of him. <laughs> Anybody want to see us out by singing Balotelli and Jack and Ellis? Balotelli and Jack and Ellis. Oh, no, that's not oh. Ferry Cross the Mersey. You put me in the spot. Oh, that's disappointing. Well, you have to play Ferry Across the Mersey to play as, uh, play as out then. Ah, that's fine. Uh, everyone can sing along. But uh, Vinny, it was good to have you on. Strong debut. I think you'll be back uh, in around the first team next week. Well, listen, thanks very much for, for the opportunity. Um, as I was saying to you guys before, before we started, it's, it's been a wee while um, since I had a wee go at the, the amateur journalism. Um, my, myself and uh, two other guys were the original founders of uh, rival podcast, the Jagscast, uh, in its infancy. And back then, whenever we interviewed anyone, um, we literally had to describe what a podcast was because nobody <laughs> knew uh, what they were. So um, that gives you an idea of, of how long it's been since, since I've uh, tried my hand at this. Uh, so I really appreciate the, the opportunity. It's, it's been fantastic fun chatting about all this. And uh, hopefully if, if you uh, follow me on Twitter, just at VTA Ferguson, um, I'll have a, a few articles um, available for, for you all to read uh, in the next couple of weeks. Um, one up um, in this week, hopefully. So um, thank you very much, guys. It's been a pleasure. Great stuff. So it's good to have you on. I would I would say, like, in terms of, we've talked, this, spent this entire episode talking about what makes a proper Jags man. What, what is the essence, the very end of being Jags? I think the essence and very end of being draw, lose or draw is going to the Air United Reserves manager and asking if a champ man regen was real. I think that's that's very much our thing, and I think that you you've really you've really hit the you've crystallised what it means to be a draw as a draw podcaster. 
I, I really appreciate that. That's, that's a real bad of honour. I'm, I'm, I might even get that um, printed and framed. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say something that I, I can picture Gary Caldwell saying, but you've really bought into the project we've got going on here. <laughs> No, uh, David, Mark, as always, pleasure speaking to you as well, and we will be back. I don't even know when this is going to so I can't even say. So, in the meantime, stay safe. Life goes on day after day. Hearts torn in every way. So, very. Cross the mercy, cause this land's the place I love, and here I'll stay. People, they rush everywhere, each with their own secret care. Cross the Mersey And always take me there The place I love People around every corner They seem to smile and say We don't care what your name is, boy We'll never turn you away So I'll continue to say Here I always will stay So ferry, cross the Mersey Cause this land's the place I love And here I'll stay And here I'll stay Here I'll stay